Get Out and Drive podcast. Uh, we are here at PRI 2022 with Bob Ashton. You are the founder of Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals. Absolutely. That's uh, my real job. Fondly referred to as McCacken. Exactly. By everybody who wants to know. So, uh, why are you here at PRI today? Well, it's all about networking. Oh, know, hell yeah. Shaking hands, kissing babies, and all that type of thing. But Right. I live and breathe everything on wheels, basically. Okay. So, um, anything that's related to cars, that's what I'm doing on the weekend, whether it's work-related or not. Okay. Because out here, we're seeing all kinds of people that we know. And right. Making plans for the next couple of years with my Right. Show. I'm glad we can get together today. Uh, great. I've been wanting to get together and talk to you about uh, having a little presence at my show. Oh, that's great. Let's uh, let's talk about history of McCacken. Absolutely. I it's know it's of been a, kind of moving around, kind of bumpy. But yeah, we, well, the kind of the long and short of it is a lot of people ask how the show started. And, uh, I was a show manager for for uh, the championship auto shows, which is the world of wheels and autorama people. I'm, for, I'm very for quite familiar. A few years. And in fact, um, you were talking about Chicago. I was Bob Larrabee? Absolutely. Bob Larrabee Sr. Senior. Cubby was right next door to mine and, uh-huh. and back in Auburn Hills. And um, basically, over the years, to make a long story short, my passion has always been in factory muscle, American muscle, okay. 60s and 70s. And I was a show manager for championship auto shows and mm-hmm. went from city to city overseeing the production of the shows. And, I, I was involved with uh, ISCA in St. Louis in the mid to late 90s and 2000s. Right. Yeah. And we did a lot of setups and things at uh, the convention center of the Dome yep. in St. Louis. I, I was very involved with that. And, and some great people out there, too. As my wife calls it, that was my college education and show promotion. I see. Trial by fire? Exactly. Yes. So I had Dallas Autorama, um, Pittsburgh World of Wheels, Chicago World of Wheels. Um, quite a few different cities that I would travel throughout and oversee the production. Okay. Um, But you were always in the show car end of it, the glitz and glamour. Correct, yeah. Correct, because I'm a body man and restoration guy for 30-some years, but you're talking about paint daub correct, everything overspray, perfect, ridiculously over-restored type of mirror under the car vehicles. Right. As, as, As is with... ISCA cars that are spinning around and, you know, chrome muffler bearings and all that garbage. Well, yeah, what had happened, the um, championship auto shows had purchased the Chevy VetFest, which is obviously a little bit more geared towards uh, more of the stock cars and Corvettes and whatnot. Right. And um, when they purchased the show from the long-term owners, they had the show for over 20 years. And uh, major emphasis on Corvette, a little bit less emphasis on the non-plastic cars of Chevy. Right. Okay. Kind of what I like to say is I kind of changed the focus a little bit and made it more of the Chevy Betfest instead of the Chevy Betfest. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning a little bit more emphasis on the Camaros, the Impalas, the sure. Chevelles, and that type of thing. Yes. And part of the reason for that was I wanted to see a little bit of a younger crowd. Okay. And less New Balance sneakers. You got it. Okay. You know, and and I love Corvettes. I've owned them over the years. Right. You can see the demographic of the typical Corvette owner was typically a little bit older than it would be for the Camaros. Yes. And when we did that, we saw 
quite a bit of a change in who was coming through the doors as a spectator at the shows. Yes. And um, so my thought was, if you could make this work with one single brand, what would happen if you opened this up to Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, and you know, right. made it a multi-make deal. Right. And three years, and on the third year of me pitching that concept, they felt that it wasn't a good long-term deal, and there wasn't a whole lot of interest in the muscle car world. Oh, they they so, were still more ISCA yeah. show car right. oriented. Exactly. Okay. Not that there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just a different type of thing. You know, kind of blew the air out of my my balloon, I guess you could say, and right. sat down and we should go right. out and do this on right. our own. And at that time, my uh, title sponsor for Chevy Bethesda, Stefano Bendy out of Chicago, okay. had heard my dream of having this muscle car show. And, right. Uh, um, when I told him that it wasn't going to happen, he kind of was blown away, and he was okay. like, what do you mean they don't want to do this? What's the deal with this? How could they not find value in it? Well, that's that's kind of what we thought. And, and again, I mean, they, with all of the, not to knock on everybody else's things, but with all the the big Super Chevy super shows, Chevy, yep, right. all that stuff, there's room for everyone. Well, that's what I, I thought. And the other thing that was happening at that time, if you step back a few years, you had the new Camaro coming out. Okay. So you had new interest, a new crowd, a younger crowd again. Right, right. With the, all the retro cars. The retro Mustang. Right. You had the new Challenger coming. Right, out. So right. So all of a sudden you've got this focus on factory muscle again. Sure. And with the appeal coming to a younger crowd. Right. How, how does that not work? It's the <laughs> it's the perfect storm. Exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous. So that's that kind of is what happened. He said. In, in his words, he said, put your life on hold for 24 hours and call me tomorrow. Okay. Didn't really know what he had in <laughs> mind, but he had heard me talking about the story of, of my dream and uh, made a few calls to some key people. And before I knew it, 24 hours later, he called up and said, how would you like to launch that show? And I said, I would love to do it. He had some stuff brewing. I'm like, it's a whole lot of money. And, and quite honestly, I, mm -hmm. I'm not a man that has a lot of money. Okay. And he said, well, if we did have the money and we had the investors, we'd give it a go for a year. Right. And I was like, well, absolutely. <laughs> Next thing I knew, there was a large deposit in my bank account. I was heading to Rosemont to sign a contract. Oh, wow. Very nice. Show started. Wow. That's incredible because I've always been a big follower of that and and a follower of what you've done. And getting muscle car getting a muscle car show of all makes together, US muscle car show, is is a great feat. Well it was so there's so much passion and enthusiasm. You know, mm -hmm. everybody has a story. Right. And you know, uh, my son is um, thirty-eight now. He grew up in that, and he's kind of the exception to the mm -hmm. rule. But now we're finding a lot of younger people of his age, and even a little bit younger, getting right. into it. And a lot of that was drawn in by the Camaro and the Mustang right. and the Challenger. They're right. looking at that and seeing these new hot cars, and then saying, "Hey, right. where did this come from?" Sure. Well, let's look at a '70 Hemi Challenger or a right. Cuda or a Copo Camaro. Right. And then they're finding out there's a whole lot more to it. Right. And it's feeding the frenzy, I guess. And and that's what we're always pushing at Get Out and Drive podcast is support the next generation. Absolutely. What drives youth? Right. And to make sure that you pass on information to your son and maybe other people and become a mentor for the next generation, as I'm doing, and, and we really try and beat that drum. 
Well, it's something that I say a lot, and you know, people that have heard me talk before, they get tired of hearing it. But you know, I always say that our shows become what I call the great equalizer. And what I mean by that is, as you know, and you've heard, there are many multi-million-dollar cars in our show. You know, I think a, oh, last November we walked in with a Hemi Cuda convertible that hadn't seen the light of day since 1978. Yep. The average price on a Hemi Cuda convertible uh, range is two to five million plus. Right. Sure. Here's one. You know, greeting you at the door. Sebring Race 1960 Corvette. Again, multi-million-dollar car. The owners of these cars are just like you and me. Mm-hmm. They're passionate enthusiasts they're wearing t-shirts and jeans right somebody comes in they're more than happy to like look and feel and touch mm-hmm. the cars very put much. on the shifter right and that's very different than any other hot and that, to me that's something that when you're talking about get out and drive and you're talking about the younger generation this mm-hmm. is what we need to do is mm-hmm. encourage that next generation and, and in my case even I my grandchildren are now into it right and, uh, you know making sure that when we see that kid that might be looking over a looking over the rail or, or checking something out. Say, hey, come on in here. Put him in the seat. Have him yank on that pistol grip shifter and right. set the tone and you know, get the and, wheels turning. And the I shifter. think that's great because of the polar opposite, don't touch ISCA mentality. Right. And the, like I said, polar opposite is get a kid in the car. Some of the most fun I've ever had at a car show was bringing a patina vehicle mm-hmm. or I brought my son's muddy dune buggy, right, VW right. dune buggy, yep. to a car show in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It had mud falling off the sides of it and yep. we parked next to some sort of billet street rod. Right, right. And the kids would come up and we're like, hey, you want to get in the, get in the dune I buggy? I love it, yeah. We grab them, stick them in the dune buggy, put the harness yep. on, you know, and everything. Thing, and their parents are taking pictures and that is what sparks the kids imagination and they may remember that and right. say they want a dune buggy or they want a hot rod or right. they want something well even you know one of the things we do uh, we we do what i call a show within a show with the muscle bicycles because okay. for me as a kid, you know, 1964 is when I got my first twin Stingray. You know? Oh yeah, and the that's Stingray what led crates, man. To the mini bikes and led into the yes. cars and the go karts yes. and eventually yes. cars. And that's another reason we do that type of thing is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I often see dad or grandpa with their kid mm-hmm. looking at these cool old 60s Stingrays and crate bikes and all that. Right. Asking, well, what's that thing in the middle? What's that that, that right. lever? You know why? And then. We're explaining. They've never had a, had a chance to hands-on use it. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's that's so important now to set the tone for the future. Right. I plan on doing this for a long time, and that's one way that you and I and, sure. and all of the listeners can do is to promote that and pay right. attention. You see, there is a lot of interest out there right now. Yeah, we got we always dig and we try and find out what is a person's spark. Right. What was that key moment in your life where you're hanging out, not doing anything, and you're a child, and then all of a sudden uh, you figure it out, and you say, this day is what made me to make a left turn. Absolutely. And it'll be there forever. Exactly. And that's when I remember, that's my spark, and I said, hey, this is what I want to do as a living. Right. This is what I want to do. Before we get further, what was your spark? Do you, well, do you remember what so happened? many of them. I grew up in a, in a Chrysler family. Okay. My father was the vice president, general manager of Chrysler Insurance. So, uh, he and I explain this to people. My dad was a Chrysler guy. Okay. He was not a car guy. Right. Right. What I mean by that was, if, if it, it had a Pentastar, it was the best thing in the world. 
But if you pulled up on a Camaro and said, Dad, come out and look at the new Challenger, he would say, mm -hmm. that's the best car in the world. He would know the difference between a Camaro and a Challenger. I understand. But funny story that I often tell is my, uh, my aunt, or her boyfriend at the time, who became her husband, was a Chevy. So my first ride in a four-speed car was a 69 L78 Chevelle with a four-speed. And I'll never forget that moment when he would tell me, he goes, you want to feel a real fast car? Right. Let's go for a ride in this one. Your brother don't have nothing on me. Wow. And he took me for a ride in that Chevelle, and I remember my head sure. climbing back against the headrest. And it's, I'm 62 years old now, and it's just like, that's like it happened yesterday. And, and I remember I've, the color and the, the ride and the sensation yes. that I had. It yes. Set the tone right then. I, and I've been restoring cars for 30-some years, and people laugh at me all the time, and you won't, but sticking your head inside an unrestored car. Right. I can close my eyes, I can tell you what a Volkswagen smells like. Yep. I can tell you what a Chrysler car smells like. Ford, uh, it, it, in, in some sort of 70s or 80s import, they, they smell different. That's correct. Because yeah. of different materials and right. different things and this and that. Kind of moving into that, talk to us about the unrestored Survivor barn find oh, class, we, we so and, and then I'm sure that. we'll 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 kind of work into our friendly our friend Ryan. Brutt. Oh, absolutely, well, Ryan Brutt, auto archaeologist, good friend of ours, and you know, I say I remember uh, long before Ryan ever wrote a book. You know, we go way back with him. Right, we had a uh, I had a unique experience at my show. I I've always been drawn to that type of car long before I had a show. Just from an educational standpoint. Was that so portion of your show with you from the beginning? Well, it was about the third or fourth year. What okay. happened was a gentleman who was a big Corvette collector called me and he said, hey, I got this car and it's not really the show car type of thing, but it's kind of interesting. It might be a lot of fun for it. Okay. Okay, what do you have? Somebody said, hey, my buddy's in the 67 Corvette. This mm, car's got mm -hmm. some value. Went there and found this car, literally snow tires, four flat tires, they pulled it in the garage, parked it, and it sat there since 1972. So he, he went on to explain that he had just discovered the 67, 427, 435, Goodwood Green, four-speed. He was so taken by the car, he was afraid to make it shiny, and that was his original intent, was to take it back and restore it. Okay. Called me up on and said, what do you think about having me bring this car in here as a display, like kind of like a before and after. I'll bring okay. it in now, and then I'm going to bring it back after it's restored. Okay, understood. And I, and I thought, that's a home run. We can have right. so much fun with that car. Right. So he literally, I said, don't wipe it down, don't, don't do anything, don't, touch don't it. clean it. Right. Air up the tires so we can push it. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. I can he, tell you. he had it there with the snow tires on it. And it was a hit. It was the talk of the show. And sure. Several of my partners thought I had lost my mind. They're like, why would you want this dirty old crusty Corvette in there? And I said, just watch. Watch what this. Happens. And it ended up one of them actually bought the car. <laughs> wow. So that's how that all started. We okay. Saw the reaction and how much fun people had with it. It's like, you know, we can take this a step further. Right. Then we launched our, what we call Barn Finds and Human Genesis. Wow. Excellent. Well, how can our uh, listeners and viewers, how can they find you to be at McCacken or to be part of your show? How can they find you? Real easy. Our, our website is, is McCacken.com. So okay. McCacken is Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals, which we know is a long name. So McCacken.com. Cool. And, and I also post on Facebook almost every day. So okay. so much to talk about. I put something new up there. All year on. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us uh, in the Racing Junk booth today at PRI 2022. 
Hope to see you around. See you at McCacken 2023. Absolutely.